Hello, friends, and welcome to the Sermons Podcast of Christ Church at Grove Farm. One of our goals here at CCGF is to help you take your next step toward Jesus and the person God designed you to be. We hope our sermons help you to take that next step. If you would like more information about the community here at Christ Church at Grove Farm, or if you would like to contact us, you can do all of that and more on our website, which is ccgf.org. And to get an even further taste of who we are, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Now, here is this week's message, Grace and Peace to You. Brad just sang my favorite Christmas carol. Amazingly, growing up as I did in a family that never went to church, didn't have a Bible in the home, that, that we never prayed, we as kids growing up in England in that day knew the Christmas carols. That last carol in the bleak midwinter was my favorite carol. I kind of identified with the loneliness of it, the music, the words, what it describes in the bleak midwinter. Frosty winds made moan. Earth stood hard as iron, water like a stone. As many of you know, my dad died when I was just a lad. We were growing up in the Second World War, and we grew up in poverty, my family, after my dad died. And so the kind of I guess the bleakness and aloneness of that song resonated with me just as a little boy. And when you come to the end of it, and I loved that Brad just played that by his, his own self all alone, his one voice, his one guitar. When it comes to the end of that carol, it asks the question, what can I give him? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. But what can I give him? Give him my heart. Give him my all. Out of the kind of humility of God in the flesh as a baby, born in a stable of some sort. The smelly shepherds were his first adoring visitors. Granted, they were heralded by the choir, the angelic choir, praising God and the glory of the Lord shining all around, kind of an iridescent presence of Almighty God. And they went to see what they had been told. And I identified with the humbleness of all that, the loneliness of it all. What a way for our Savior to make his entrance. And the mark of his humility, which again, as he lived for 30 years in anonymity, Nobody knew he was here. And then for the last three years of his life, took a very 
high profile, began to heal the sick, feed the hungry, give dignity back to prostitutes, preach and teach as to who he was and why he came, that he really was from the Father, God Almighty. All those great things that he said, paralleled by the humility with which he lived, brought a kind of authenticity that even I as a little boy said, this is something I want to be a part of. I didn't get in on it until I hit around the age of 18. But I, in looking back, know that God was always after me, stalking me. And I have that sense always when I stand to speak with an audience this large, that Jesus is walking amongst us, that same Jesus. Knows who we are, knows the kind of loneliness, aloneness, that we're dealing with. Whatever life has dealt us, even if we're comfortably off, none of us escapes pain. None of us escapes that existential longing for purpose and identity and value. So as we come to this last Sunday in this decade and this year, I want to point us into 2020, the new year. It's not only just a new year, not just a new decade. Next year will be the 25th anniversary of the founding of what became Christ Church at Grove Farm. So we're going to be headed into that celebration. 25 years. And amazingly, too, it began in such a humble way. Maybe about 100 people starting to worship in what was called the Sewickley Country Inn, kind of burned out holiday inn. Meeting in an upstairs conference room, turning it into something like a church worship center. Kids were meeting in the rooms where the beds were for <coughs> anybody who would stay at the motel. It's all been torn down, it's gone now. But 25 years ago this year, that's where it began, and for one year, we worshipped in the Sewickley Country Inn. About uh, nearly halfway into that year, so close to Christmas time actually, they called me to be the pastor. So I became their first pastor. We finished out the year, in the middle of the next summer, and moved to Moon Area High School. And we were there for a year. And during those two years, one year at the Country Inn and then one year at Moon Area High School Auditorium, 
we gathered a congregation, a growing congregation, of people who were ready to build a new church building. And amazingly, this site here, 40-some acres, became available. And that smallish group of people gathered together, had a banquet, and called for a commitment financially to start building on this site. And what is Wilson Hall became the first sanctuary. And as we outgrew that with three or four services of a weekend, we built this larger sanctuary. Always building for the people who weren't yet with us. Space available. And as you look around you, you see for as large as our crowd is, there's plenty of space for more. And that is on your backs and ours in leadership to see that by the end of this year, those spaces are filled. And that's going to take on our part an amazing measure of boldness, a depth of commitment, so that as we enjoy it now, others may be brought by us to enjoy the company of fellowship that we enjoy together, the worship we enjoy together, the quality of leadership we enjoy together. And as I close out this year of being your senior pastor on an interim basis, it's a thrill to have Craig Geargo as our now senior pastor. And he'll be coming up here to take one of my points from the sermon I want to preach, given the context I've just described, right out of that word that God gave to Joshua as he was to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. By the way, do you know what the mount was that Moses stood on and looked out at the promised land not to enter it. It wasn't given him to him to enter it. In fact, the scripture we read has these words in it. Moses, my servant, is dead. But you, Joshua, you will lead this people into the promised land. The mount on which Moses stood and surveyed the promised land was Mount Nebo. Can you imagine that? Here we are on Mount Nebo. And our great dream for this church was not simply to play church on Mount Nebo, but to give ourselves to a larger vision that Pittsburgh would become as famous for God as it was for steel. I don't know if there are any of them left now, but one chap came and did a doctoral thesis on that vision, and a book was printed, just a very thin book, but it shows the potency of that movement as it began about 25 years ago, actually a little longer than that. 
If there are any left, they'll be distributed to you as you leave. And that's a free gift so that you can catch up on some of this vision of which Christ Church is a part. So having said all that, bow your heads with me so that we may talk to the Lord with our own personal expression of humility, heads bowed, hearts bowed. Lord Jesus, please take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our wills and bend them to your own. And take our hearts, Lord Jesus, and set them on fire with love for yourself. We pray this for your name's sake. Amen. Well, here is verse 9 from Joshua chapter 1. I'm taking the liberty to designate this verse as a verse which, which, which we as a church, church will memorize and be our verse for the year. It's actually the central key biblical statement that I take as my life's calling from all those years ago. Here's what it says. Have not I commanded you, this is God speaking to Joshua, God now speaking to you, have I not commanded you, be strong and of a good courage, do not be dismayed, do not be afraid, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It was in the context of that command that God said to Joshua, every place your foot treads upon, I have given you. Now I would like us as a congregation to take that encouragement to courage, commandment to courage, and the very notion that as we go out into this new year, wherever we go, whatever our lives enter into by way of experience, people we meet, places we go, situations in which we find ourselves, that we will see ourselves there for the Lord and be strong for him. Be courageous for him. In a simple word, to be bold for him. So Winston Churchill said this concerning courage. He said, courage is the first of all virtues, and without courage, all other virtues lose their meaning. Reason being that you take whatever virtue, honesty, integrity, charity, love, generosity, righteousness, caring, serving, working. If you're going to be of any consequence, those virtues will take courage 
It takes courage to be righteous. It takes courage to speak the truth. It takes courage to love other people, to serve their need, to be obedient to God, to love your neighbor as yourself, and even more courage to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. In a word, to give yourself to him. Not when it says your heart, that's to give the whole of you. It's not just your emotions or your sentiment, but it's you. Everything that makes up who you are. To give it to him. And to be bold in the use of it as we go into this new year. I want to read a quote here, having quoted Churchill, that without courage all other virtues lose their meaning. This is from a book called The Scottish Himalayan Expedition. It's written by a Scotsman by the, by the name of Murray, a good Scottish name. And he's quoting Goethe, the German poet, dramatist, novelist, scientist from the uh, 18th century. Listen to these words. Until one is committed, there is always hesitancy. The chance to draw back, always ineffectiveness. Concerning all acts of initiative and creativity, there is one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans. The moment one commits oneself, then providence moves as well. Providence is shorthand for speaking of God's providence, how God provides a supernatural provision as we commit ourselves and in the context that we're speaking about, to commit ourselves to God's vision, to the Lord himself, not just to be happily entertained with Christian truth, Christian teaching, Christian worship, but to give our very hearts, our very selves, who we are to him for his ends, his purpose, his vision, to commit to him. Outside of commitment, everything that's said here is, is just the way it is. We can draw back, we can fall into hesitancy, be ineffective, but once we commit, then providence moves too, as well. And it goes on to say in this quote, multitudes of things occur to help that which otherwise would never occur. A stream of events issues from the decision, raising to one's favor all manner of unforeseen 
coincidental, apparently, meetings and material assistance which no one would have dreamed would come their way. Whatever you can dream or do, you can begin it. Listen to these words. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. Boldness. To be overtly courageous. So I'm describing as being bold. Can you imagine the few people who started Christ Church at Grove Farm? Most of them have gone home to glory. That what we have here would be here, just to have the parking lot that we have, the beautiful lake and fountain, this space to worship. We've had the most amazing Christmas season here. This space was filled to standing room only two days in a row, a Friday and Saturday, earlier in the month, when Urban Impact had their Light the Night performances here. Several hundred kids and children involved, their own orchestra. It was brilliant. This space filled. We had Michael W. Smith just about a week ago, filled the space. The four o'clock service, many of you were at that service. The space was filled. And then the eight o'clock service, very comfortably filled. And then amazingly on Christmas day at 10 o'clock, this whole center section comfortably filled. I can tell you, that those early committed folks who put their money, their lives, and their sacred honor on the line could never ever have imagined, dreamed, that what I've just described would have happened on this site. And God has more to do. He has brought to us a fantastic leader in Craig Geergo, an anointed man, and we are about to launch into this new year. And my dream, which I believe should be your dream and to which I would have you commit yourselves, is to be so available to the Lord and used by him that come this day, next year, this space will be filled with people that are on your back, on your hearts, on your consciences, in your life. So that would be a part of our prayer. I want to, to speak about being bold in two ways of all that I might speak on concerning being bold and courageous. The first is this, to be bold in the Word of God. To be bold for the Word of God. And in a simple statement, that you would commit yourself to reading God's Word every day. 
You remember, as was read for us by David just now, that he was given also, Joshua, the book of Moses, the book of the law, that would have been the first five books of the Bible. And the Lord said to, to Joshua, you are to dwell in that word daily. It's to be on your lips daily. You've got to obey all that it says and you will be blessed and be successful. Well, we have more than the first five books of the Bible. We have those same five books. But we've got the prophets and we've got the New Testament with the Gospels and the Apostles who wrote the epistles. And my call to you is to make a commitment to be in his word each day. To help you with that, we've made available to you, they're in boxes outside the the little bookshop we have across the other side of the, the commons area there. The bookshop itself is closed today, but we've got boxes of these New Testaments called a Life Focus New Testament. Many of you have already purchased this, and over the years, as my wife and I have, been into it. We read it and do so each morning but read it together this morning, my wife and I. It's the New Testament subdivided by the days of the year. So January 1 is Matthew chapter 1. December 31st, the end of the year, is the last chapter of Revelation. And if you set yourself to read this every day, which is what I'm asking you to do, which means you've got to go buy one of these. It'll cost you $15. That's one, five, $15. That you, if you start January 1, will read straight through the New Testament. And each day, it gives you like a golden nugget of truth based on the scripture you've read. So you will read the scriptures and meditate on some major piece of truth with a great Christian hero from the past quoted on that piece of truth. And in fact, I'll say this, at the back of this book is a list of all the people quoted, a one-line description of who they are, and their dates in history. So go from here, if you do not have one of these, or at least I'm going to ask you to commit to reading God's word each day. Because you, the, the sustenance you need, God's blessing and direction and inspiration that you need is found in reading his word, to be in his word. Have him speak to you, give you his promises, his admonitions and challenges from his word every day. So you're not just dependent on a 20-minute sermon 
25 minutes maybe, you are feeding on God's word each day. That's number one, to be bold in his word. And then to be bold in prayer. There is another spectacular statement of the New Testament. It's Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16 that says to come boldly, there is the word itself, to the throne of grace that we may find mercy from God and help in our time of need. So the second thing in which we're challenging you to be bold about is to be bold in prayer. And with that, I'm going to ask our new senior pastor, Craig Geargo, come on up if you would, Craig, to come and wax powerfully <laughs> eloquent. You can do that, Craig. About praying with us on January 1st. Let me just say this by way of intro to his saying that. The day we called him to be our senior pastor, the parish council met in the farmhouse, that first building on the right as you drive into the property. And perchance, by our good fortune, Craig was somewhere in the Pittsburgh area. We called him up. He came and joined us, and we face-to-face told him that we had just voted to call him to be our new senior pastor. And he said, let's pray. And we were on our knees in the farmhouse great room praying. It was a brilliant, wonderful moment. The first full staff meeting we had after he assumed that role of senior pastor, he had the staff in the barn this time on our knees on a hardwood floor for about a half an hour. Praying. You got to be tough, John. Yeah? You got to be tough. It was tough. (laughs) I was one of them. And then wonder of wonders, first parish council meeting. So a dozen folks who are the leaders of the church assemble in the barn as well. And he leads us for about a half an hour in prayer. So in that same spirit, he's going to address you. Okay, brother? Yes, thank you. Why don't you give this guy a really warm welcome to this pulpit here. John, I must say... It is a, uh, it's a rare privilege that the Reverend Dr. John Guest would actually share his preaching time with another person. <laughs> Very true, right? It's, it's also an unexpected privilege because when I woke up this morning, I had no idea I was going to be doing this. But I'm glad I do. And I just want to say this. We're not here to give glory to, I do appreciate the applause. You, obviously, we're not here to give glory to anyone on this platform, but to Jesus. Amen? Amen. But let's do this. I, while we have the opportunity, I think we're all so grateful that God has sent John Guest to this church 25 years ago and the leadership he's provided and the man of God that he's been and his faithfulness. Would you give uh, honor to John for his leadership as a servant here of the church? 
Thank you, John. Look at that. Amen. Please be seated. <laughs> Amen. Well, listen, briefly, I want to say this. John has taken us to Joshua chapter 1, and there's this command given to Joshua, therefore given to the people, and this command is for them to be bold, to be courageous, courageous. You know, listen, if, if, if you know anything about the Old Testament, if you've read the history of the people of Israel, you would know that they would not be people who would typically be described as being bold. Skittish, maybe. Wandering, perhaps. Anxious, yes, but not bold. But yet here they are receiving this command to be people of boldness. Now, where does that boldness come from? How can the people of Israel be bold? Well, of course, first of all, as John has, has showed us in the word, they're commanded to be people who seek God through his word. They're people who are commanded to get on their knees and to surrender themselves to the Lord. Their hope of boldness actually comes from the degree to which they can surrender themselves to God before his throne and know him. His boldness is their boldness. Now, I would suggest that there's application for all of us in this. Because if we are going to take up the call to be a bold people, as we enter into a new decade, as we enter into a, to the next 25 years, as we continue in ministry here, that boldness must begin, yes, with the word of the Lord. It also must begin with us being a people of prayer. It has to. And so to that end, as John has mentioned, as David has referenced this morning, we are going to have a time of prayer here. And this is meant to be a stake in the ground. It's meant to be a time where we, we say this is who we are and this is what we believe. And we're going to gather together at 10 a.m. on January 1st for an hour, an hour of prayer in this room. We'll worship, we'll pray together. And as we pray, we're going to ask the Lord that he would fulfill Joshua 1.9 in us, that we would be a people of boldness. And listen, this, this reminds me of, of Philippians 4.6. Philippians 4, 6, and this is a paraphrase, says, don't be anxious about anything. What are you anxious about? Are you anxious about what's happening in our world? Are you anxious about what's happening in our church? Are you anxious about what's happening in your own life? Don't be anxious about anything. But the writer says, in everything, in everything, things concerning your life, this church, our city, and all things and everything by prayers and supplications and thanksgivings present your request to God. This is what the statement we're going to make is on January 1st, Wednesday right here. We'll have donuts and coffee. That'll maybe help you wake up after a New Year's Eve party. And then we can be given prayer. I'll tell you this. In the life of the church, there are no meetings that are less attended than prayer meetings. Let's let that not be said of us. Amen? We hope to see you here to be a people who are bold. That's who God's people are called to be. And the only way that we can be bold is through his power. We will seek him together.
Thank you, John. You've got that. That's yours. <laughs> well, thank you, Craig. And I love that call for January the 1st. We know it's a holiday. You will not be at work. You may be in restoration mode from the night before. But be sure and be here. Get that cup of coffee and donut around 9.30. And we'll assemble for prayer right in here. Pastor Craig will lead us in prayer, which is what I want to do now. So bow your heads with me. Take my words and make them yours. Lord Jesus, as I look into your face, I pray, Lord, that you would come and fill me with yourself. I give my heart to you. Come and take up residence in my life, sit on the throne of all my desires and ambitions. And this moment I commit myself to you and your plan for my life. That your will be done that your kingdom come in me and through me. As best I know how, even with trepidation, I give myself to you, Lord Jesus. And by the power at work in me, through your Holy Spirit, Grant me to commit myself to read and be in, both intellectually, emotionally, and with the vision of my life into your word, that I may follow in your footsteps, heed your calls and your encouragements, and trust your promises as day by day I read your holy word. And grant, O oh Lord, that I may be in touch with you in prayer constantly. That moments like this will be my daily fare to share my heart, my life, my family, my future, all that I have, every talent, every ambition to share with you and be an expression of my love for you. I pray this, Lord Jesus, trusting that you will grant me the grace to begin this way of life that will bring great honor to your name. And we all pray in your name Lord Jesus, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.